everyone. I am so excited for our brand new sermon series. I think the, the lens cap is still on. There we go. We should probably start that one over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this me starting it over? Hey everyone, I am so excited for our brand new sermon series. Oh, what? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I forgot, I forgot the microphone. Here, if you just want to reach that under. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Hello. Testing. Testing. One, two. Testing. I'll just put this in your back pocket for me. You sure you got it all? Yeah. Okay. 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 Yep. Hey everyone, I am so excited. Brand new sermon series about the audio. I just checked the audio and it seems like it kind of messed up. So we're gonna try a different mic. All about how we use. Our- oh, I dropped it. It was. I dropped it a little bit. Hey everyone, today I am so that excited. That is too close to your mouth. All about our words. Hey, it's still not sounding right. Is that battery dead? Okay, I think I, I think this one, this one, I got the battery and that will work better. Well, that, I mean, that feels excessive. <laughs> that one's sounding muffled. I don't know what's happening, but it's sounding muffled. Hey everyone. Right, well, let's try this one more time. And I, think, I think I got it. Okay, just, cool, 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 cool. one more time, okay? All right. Hey, hey, Brad, I'm here, man. You ready for me? I'm uh, ready to be in a video. Where do you want me? What What video? The video. The mic'd up video. I'm Mike. Mic'd up. Mic, like microphone. All about our words. I. Whose phone is that? Hey, uh, Brad, it's Mike. Um, you sure you don't need me in that video? It's it, mic'd up one? It's microphoned up, not Mike Palmered up. Okay. The name of the series is Good morning, everybody. I am microphoned up. And uh, I'm, for those that don't know, I'm Mike Palmer. I'm the pastor of care here. And I was the guy who I really tried my best to get in that bumper video that you just saw. And, um, but you know what? I, that reminded me. I really just want us to just give a hand to our communications folk, our, techs, our tech people. I mean, they, these are the folks behind the scenes. All the stuff you see, these folks behind the scenes, they make all of this happen. They make us look good, and they make you laugh at us, too. So, um, but it's good for everybody to be here. I'm glad to be here uh, on Palm Sunday. Easter is in a week. Can you believe it? Um, so today we are closing out our four-part uh, series called Miked Up, of course. I really wanted to. I should have got a, a graphic done that said M-I-K-E, apostrophe D, up. Uh, uh, but we're closing out that, this series, and what we've been doing is we've been asking you to imagine having to wear a live microphone everywhere so that everybody can hear everything you're saying um, all the time. And uh, I think, what did Brad call it? Uh, stress diarrhea last week is what he called it. I just wanted to say that again. Uh, But to push that thought a little further, uh, we're going to focus today on the topic of choose wisely and look at what Paul says in um, Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty nine, where he says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. A few years ago, while I was doing some writing on the topic of authenticity for a project that I was working on in seminary. I was attracted to this book. It's a book by a guy named Mike Robbins, and I was attracted to it because I just really loved the title. And it turned out to be a good book with a good title. You don't always find good books with good titles. But the title of the book is Be Yourself, Everyone Else is Already Taken. Isn't that a pretty cool title? And um, among the things I learned from 
reading this book and some other uh, related material, I was challenged by Robbins to reevaluate my definition and my interpretation of authenticity in terms of what it means to be myself. And one of the things that he writes is this. It was really helpful. He writes, authenticity is a process. It's something that continues to evolve throughout our lives. We can't become authentic in the same way we can earn a degree or accomplish a financial goal. Authenticity instead is an ideal we aspire to and is something we must practice in the moment by moment, day by day experiences of life. Our ability to be real can and will deepen as we move through our journey of life if we're conscious about it. Becoming more of who we are or who we really are is a process that never ends. Now, after reading this and more, one of the lessons I learned was this. Because each day presents you with its own unique and often unexpected challenges, you have to wake up each day and commit to practicing being your authentic self that each day requires. The authentic, authentic self we were yesterday may not, may not be the, the authentic self we need to be today. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, Jesus isn't telling us that uh, we shouldn't plan for the future. He's just reminding us to take care of today's business so that we're not unnecessarily adding it to the list of tomorrow's responsibilities. And so considering what Jesus says and the writings of Robbins and others, I came to this conclusion that as believers, we have to surrender ourselves to God each day so that he can use us according to what each day requires. The gifts that God has me using today, standing here on this stage in front of all of you, may not be the gifts he wants me to use tomorrow in a one on one conversation with somebody or praying for somebody. And so what I have to do tomorrow is wake up and say, OK, hey God, I just surrender to being the authentic self you want me to be today. Thank you for using me for what you needed to use me for yesterday. Are you, you tracking with me so far? And so since each day also requires us to go and make disciples and influence people to find and follow Jesus, then it must also be required of us to engage in conversations with others to make that happen. And so like each day, each conversation as well can potentially present us with some unexpected challenges. And because of the unknowns we may encounter in conversation, we have to commit and surrender to being our authentic selves that each conversation requires us to be as followers of Jesus Christ. And so as we go about each day and enter into each conversation, it's important for us to choose wisely the words that we're going to use, words that are encouraging and empowering instead of using words that are discouraging and deflating. And we've already been given some really great uh, guidance and some great thoughts throughout this series on how to do just that. In the first part, in part one, Joe explained how powerful and life changing our words can be when he told us inside each of us resides a power that can be unleashed at a moment's notice. It's a power that can change the course of another's life, a power that can build up or a power that can destroy. In part two, Jason encouraged us to use our words to give hope to others, even when we're going through our own challenges. And in last week, in part three, Brad talked about speaking the truth in love and that there's this tension that we often experience when we're attempting to do that, because sometimes telling the truth doesn't feel very loving. And at other times, 
loving people may come at the expense of telling them the truth. And so although we've been talking to you over the past few weeks primarily about how to use our words, I hope you haven't missed the connection made between the power of our words and the power of our witness. Our witness being how we openly profess and display our faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, it's not just about being careful with what we say as believers, but keeping in mind who we are as believers and the influence our words carry or our words have on others because we have publicly and willingly accepted and continue to carry the identity of Christ follower. Somewhere, someone is going to believe what you tell them simply because of the believer you are. There are people that will not fact check you because you go to church, because you read your Bible. And we have to make sure that we understand that influence that we have on people, that they will go and do what we tell them to do because we follow Jesus and they assume we know what we're talking about. In Ephesians, when Paul says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Remember this, that he is sharing this advice with the church in Ephesus. He's not just standing on some corner talking to anybody. He is directing it to the church, which which tells us that even as committed Christ followers, we, too, can get this wrong and do more harm than good. And so as we consider which words to choose when speaking to others, I want to encourage you today to also choose wisely or while you choose those words wisely to also consider some things about yourself that you bring into the conversations as part of the process. And those things I want you to consider are these things. I want you to consider your plan and your proclivities. I want you to consider your purpose and your passion. And I want you to consider your presence and your patience. For those of you who are writing, these things will come back up on the other slide. So don't, don't flip out when this slide disappears and you haven't written all these things down. <laughs> My wife is a writer, too, so I know what it's like when you guys, the, the slide goes away and you're like, ah, you hear the heavy breathing. <laughs> right. Those are the writers who are laughing <laughs> or their spouses who sit next to them and listen to them. He ah, move aside again. All right. So let's look at the first one. Consider your plan and your proclivities. Proclivities. Now, keep in mind, for those that don't know, your proclivities are those things that you are naturally inclined to do, especially in certain situations. I'll get back to that in a minute. So Paul says this. He says to start this verse off, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Now, in place of the word unwholesome, you'll find words like corrupt, foul and rotten. And so it's pretty clear what kinds of words we should stay away from. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know right now I probably should pray for you because some of you are thinking about some of those rotten, foul, corrupt words now. Right. But unwholesome here also has the meaning of worthless. And so it's important for us to know this because it teaches us that there are words that we can use when speaking to others that we would not define as corrupt, as foul, as rotten. But they still can be worthless relative to how God is trying to use us to influence others. And so that's this is where our plan and our proclivities come into play when we're talking about conversations, because we plan to have godly, life giving language, appropriate conversations with others. We often plan to pray before beginning the conversation. We plan to use certain gateway words or phrases to help us enter into the conversation. We even plan to move the conversation in a positive direction. And so with all of our planning and praying, you would think that all of our conversations would go exactly the way we planned them, right? Wrong. Why? 
because we often forget to factor into the plan our natural inclinations to respond or react to things others say or do that offend us, push certain buttons or simply rub us the wrong way. Look again at what Paul says in verse in this verse. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of whose mouths? Your mouths. Remember, he's talking to the church. And so what he's saying to the church then and what he's saying to us now as believers is whatever somebody else may say or do. Remember, you are the you are the disciple maker in the conversation. Remember, you are the Christ like influencer in the conversation. Remember, you are supposed to be the mature Christian in the conversation and you have to do your best to ensure that nothing corrupt. Nothing foul, nothing worthless, nothing rotten comes out of your mouth. And so we have to choose wisely. And so what I'm getting at is it's not just about the words, but it's about who what we bring into the conversation. And sometimes we forget that until it's too late, until that button is pushed. And somebody reminds us that we have these proclivities as well. Let me give you a little something you can practice, right? And this is going to be I don't want you to think I got to put a disclaimer on this. I don't want anybody to think after I say this, that every time I talk to you and I'm drinking a cup of coffee, that I'm 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 thinking about saying something wrong or something foul. You'll understand what that means in a second. Years ago, I had somebody call me want to have they want to have a conversation. And this is where I've I kind of use in my head. I haven't I don't even think I've said this out loud to too many people um, that sometimes I have to talk to God in a cup of coffee. And this is what I mean by that. I had a conversation with somebody and I had been pastoring a little while, had some experience. So that helps. Um, They wanted to meet me at a restaurant. And so I went out, wasn't hungry. So what I did, though, and it's what I always do is I always get a cup of coffee, even if I don't want it. I got the cup of coffee and the person starts talking and it was just about his faith. He just wanted to talk about his faith. But then, I mean, it didn't take long. And that conversation took a hard left on me. And it got really, really weird and it got really strange. And, you know, we're talking about like conspiracy theories and all kinds of other things. And I'm thinking we were going to talk about the Bible and the word and faith. And none of that was coming out of his mouth. And I'm sitting across the on the other side of the table. And at some point, something starts to bubble up inside me because there are things I want to say, because I said all I can to try to get the conversation back on track. And it has gone off the rails. And so every time, and this is just something you can use, every time I felt like saying something that I wasn't sure was appropriate for the conversation, I drank a cup, I drank a little bit of my coffee. And I talked to God in that cup of coffee. And so every time, and and, and I couldn't get it, I I mean, I was just trying to get it back on track, but it was about me at some point because I really could have messed it up. As bad as it already was, I could have made it worse. And there were some things in me that I wanted to say, believe me. And I had to drink that coffee and talk to God. And then this is it, you know, and, and these, these this doesn't cure all. It doesn't work all the time, but something you can use if you want to. Once they take that breath, because you've got to wait for them to take a breath, you know, so you can get some words in. <laughs> I said. So help me understand what Jesus has to do with all of this. And just be quiet and wait for the response. And that's how you get it back on the rails. But I say that to tell you that in that story, I almost messed up several times. Not that I was going to say anything that I thought was rotten, but it would not have been helpful to the conversation. 
And at that moment, talk to God in that cup of coffee. All right. So now every time you guys have a conversation with somebody and they have, and they get a cup of coffee, you know that they really want to say some things bad to you every time they drink that cup of coffee. Right. So, yeah. So pay attention to your plan and your proclivities. Next, let's consider your purpose and your passion. So Paul goes on. He says, don't let anything unwholesome come out of your out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Now here, now here Paul shifts uh, from telling us what we should not say to what we should say. And what we should say are things that are edifying or things that are helpful for building others up. Now edification, for those that don't know, refers to the process in which a believer is built up to stand firm in their faith. In short, that's pretty much what it means. And Paul mentions this, if you were to go back to verse 14 in the same chapter where he says, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. And so this is where he wants us to get. This is the process. This is where we're going in the process. So we're just not blown back and forth by anything anybody says to us. But keep in mind, as you're having conversations with others, that edification, the building up of others is a process. And our purpose in these conversations is to play a part in the process and not to bring the process to a conclusion. A lot of us are fixers. I get there, too. But in those conversations, we need to understand that our place in those conversations with these people in the grand scheme of things, taking God into consideration and his plan for their lives, that our role is not to bring the edification process to conclusion, but to play a part. And what part do we play? You've got two choices. And Paul tells us about them in First Corinthians chapter three. You can be a planter or you can be a waterer. Because Paul talks about one planting, one watering, but God makes it grow. And if we're sitting in a conversation and we're trying to make the thing grow, then we're trying to play God and that's not our place. And so our purpose is not to fix everything. Our purpose may be to get to a resolution for something in the process, but we do not resolve things for the sake of the process. We do not bring it to a conclusion. And so in that conversation or before that conversation, as we pray and prepare to talk to people, pray, all right, God, I just need you to show me where my place is. Am I planting or am I watering in this conversation? Because I want to get it right so that you can make it, you can make the growth occur in this person's life. But Paul says, as we um, look at that verse again. You know, once he says that we are only to do or say what is helpful for others or building others up, he says this. Building others up according to their needs. That's important because this is where our passion comes into play, our passion for ministry. And this is where it can get in the way of the process of building others up. Just in a meeting last week, uh, we were talking about um, uh, just kind of just reaching people and connecting people. And um, one of the things I shared with a, gr a group of people, a small group of people in the meeting was something that we did. A couple of churches ago uh, when I was pastoring and it was just called um, here and hand off here and hand off. And it was just about listening to people. And the, the idea behind it was people come to church. They want to get plugged in. Um, they want to get involved, connected, whatever the term they use. And what we what we found out that was happening is whoever they talk to first, that person would normally steer them towards the ministry they were involved in. Because there's always a need for volunteers, right? Everybody always wants to build up their ministry. There's nothing wrong with that. 
But what we started to learn was that people were going into places where their gifts were not being best used, where they were not growing spiritually the way God wanted them to grow. They were just volunteering in the place the first person they talked to led them to. And so we came up with the hear and hear and handoff uh, practice, and it was about listening to them. Listen to their story. Listen to what they're really telling you so that you can hand them off to, to another ministry where their gifts will best be used. And it might be a ministry. They may be good working with kids, but it may be something like celebrate recovery. Maybe that's what they need before they get active in another ministry. But you will not know that if we don't listen to people. And so we've got to hear them. And hand them off. And so that's why I'm asking you to consider your passions, because you can't let your passion get in the way of letting God use somebody where their gifts are best used. Amen. Amen. All right. You know, I know I'm not in a Baptist church. I don't have to talk back or anything. Right. <laughs> but here and hand off. So that's where our passions come into play. So um, we have our plan and our proclivities. We got our purpose and our passion. And then lastly, I want you to consider your presence and your patience. Do not let anything, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. In the King James Version, the end of that says that it may minister grace to the hearers. The Message Bible says, say what only helps. Each word is a gift. This helps us to see that the words we use with others are the gifts of grace that we give away to them so that God could use those words to build them up and minister grace to them. And I want you to hear this, that once you've given those words away, especially to those who you care deeply about, give some attention and some prayer to how you balance your presence and your patience with those people from that point forward. Because too much of your presence and too little of your patience or too little of your presence and too much of your patience can get in the way of the work God is doing in the lives of others through the words that we've spoken into and over them. And a way to keep that balance intact once you've given that gift away, those, that gift of those words that you have blessed them with, once you've given that away and you have to step away and figure out how to continue to be available for them, but not get in the way of what God is doing, is to do what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, 25, where he says, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. And if you can keep in step with the spirit every day, you will stay in balance with everything that God wants you to do in the lives of those that you care about and the lives of those of you who you've spoken to. Two things happen and I'll be done when you when we stay in the step, stay in step with the spirit. First, we're able to maintain an appropriate balance between our presence and our patience with others as God is working to build them up. And then secondly, keeping in step with the spirit also helps us to keep from getting so uh, locked into focusing on having these life giving conversations only with certain people that we miss the opportunity to speak God's life changing words into other people's lives. It is really easy to get so locked into certain people that we miss out on the opportunities. There are so many people out there who need to hear God's word. There are so many people that need to be built up and God wants to use us 
to reach so many more people than we're locked in on right now. And so if we stay in step with the spirit, he opens our eyes to know that if we're not focused on certain people, that they're going to be okay. Because sometimes we end up believing that if we're not the one to speak to them, then something's going to go wrong. If we're not the one to be in their lives, then something's going to go wrong. But the reality is, remember, planter, waterer, God makes it grow. The planter has to get out of the way so the waterer can do what the waterer does and the waterer has to move so God can make it grow. At some point, we've got to move and not just move out of the way, but move on because there's somebody else that God wants to wants to hear words from you. He wants you to give that gift away to others as well. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this series. This mic'd up series has been great. Uh, You have helped us through Joe and Jason and Brad uh, and and then today to just give attention to uh, what we say to others, how we say those things, and all that we bring into those conversations. And we just pray that um, you have been blessed, you've been glorified, that you have been pleased by our efforts and that we have communicated clearly the things that you have wanted us to communicate over this four-week series. Thank you again, God, and we just pray for growth through the work that you've done through each one of us on this stage and the work that's going to be done through each person who has been present and part of this series. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.